Welcome to Home Design Chat with Nancy. Are you remodeling or building your dream home? We will chat about everything from the ceilings to the floors and everything in between. Any questions you might have can be emailed to me at nancy at nancyhugo.com. This podcast is being brought to you by Premier Lighting. And today is July 2nd. Wow, we're almost halfway through the year and Christmas is right around the corner. Today, we have Sam Kreckman with us. Sam is an expert in stone and tile, and she works at QDI Surfaces. And Sam, I want to first welcome you to sit and chat with me for a while. Thank you, Nancy. Great to be here. And second of all, I want you to say something about QDI. Where is it located, and what do you basically do there? Well, we are one of the largest direct importers, not only of natural stone products, but of man-made products. And we are located at 2633 North 24th Drive, Phoenix, Arizona. But that is not our only branch. We also have a branch in Anaheim and three additional branches in Texas. One in Houston, one in Dallas, and one in the Woodlands. So you also have a website. So if somebody was to go on your website and see your stone, do you ship to other places. We ship everywhere. Wonderful. So what is your website? www.qdisurfaces.com. Very good. Now we can get started with what I have to ask you because I have a couple of questions. Mainly, I want to know the differences between real stone and porcelain. And I know you sell both. And I think it'd be interesting for people to understand why certain products would be better in certain applications. Do you agree? I tend to agree, yes. So if we had, well, say somebody, they're open to flooring. It could be natural stone. It could be porcelain. But how would they decide? Do they walk into the showroom and go, I don't know what I want? What would you say? I mean, what kind of questions do you ask them so that they can uh, actually see the advantages or the disadvantages of each in their application? Well, generally speaking, when someone comes into our showroom slash warehouse, they have been sent in either by their designer, perhaps a builder, uh, another dealer, because we don't sell to the public. So when they appear, they generally know what they're after, whether it be natural stone products or, you know, man-made products. But the average person is open. They walk into your place and they go, you know, we're not really sure. Should it be real travertine in the kitchen or should it be porcelain? Is there a benefit to one over the other? Well, I'd have to say when it comes to porcelain, it doesn't stain. I mean, nothing's really going to affect it. So if you're looking for less maintenance, then you're probably better off to use, you know, porcelain. Can they both be applied with a tight grout joint, or does one need maybe a grout joint that's thicker than the other? No, actually, they can pretty much be both of them okay, with a tight so, grout so joint. Good, because nowadays, when you walk into somebody's house and you see a quarter-inch grout joint... And we all hate grout, let's face it. But we, we know that that was put in years ago. So I like the, the very tight, as little as possible grout. 
And you're actually referring to porcelain with the well, I'm saying either wide or. grout joint. Yes, you're, you're right, because I have seen it in the past too. But it also has to do with the installers, because a lot of installers only installed man-made products. They were not familiar with natural stone products. So they'd wind up using almost an index finger joint. Oh, which is terrible. Right. So I guess before they get in any of their uh, stone or their porcelain install, they have to know their installer. Totally. So as a consumer, Mr. and Mrs. Consumer, if you're listening to this, uh, I think it's important that you do some homework and you realize that grout can be controlled, the grout joints can be controlled. They don't have to be real thick. Also, the grout comes in different um, sand um, or unsanded. Is that what it is? Yeah, either sand or non-sanded, yes. And colors, uh, the consumer usually picks out the color. Right. Don't let your tile installer run your job. You have to, that would be my advice. Now, going back to, okay, should it be porcelain or should it be real stone? Um, let's take a, a for instance. Uh, say somebody wants to have a baseboard in the same stone as the floor. If it's porcelain, how do they finish the edge when they cut the porcelain to be a baseboard, the top edge? You'll see that it doesn't match the, the face of the tile, right? Right. So if you insisted on a baseboard that's tile, you almost have to go with natural stone. Correct. Because the color goes all the way through, the material goes all the way through, and it could be rounded or honed. Right. Right? So we're on the same page. So say, for instance, um, they're going to do a backsplash on their kitchen over the counter. Does it really matter? What's the advantage of using real stone over porcelain? Well, me personally, because I've been in the natural stone industry for a long time, I would go with stone. That's that's my choice. But the majority of the end users, they don't want any maintenance. So they more than likely would probably go with the porcelain tile since it's not going to stain. So that would be the major advantage. One of the major advantages, definitely. Okay. Can what what natural stone would be very contemporary looking? Because now everybody's going contemporary. Now, when I think natural stone, I think travertine, tumble stone. Although I did do a contemporary kitchen recently, and we used Carrera stone. Right. And or Marfell or Fresca limestone, which is very white in color. And I will say that depending on the pattern of how they lay it determines the look. You can stack stone. Should we describe what stacked stone is? Well, actually, with the stacked stone, I mean, it is actually split in half, and it has a very, very rough texture. Oh, no, I meant stacked laying stacked versus uh, brick laid. Okay. No. All right. So say you had a stone that was uh, maybe 18 by 4, and you wanted to stack it one on top of the other instead of a... Uh, subway tile look. Mm -hmm. That becomes very contemporary. Okay. So I'm using natural stone. Mm -hmm. I'm the cut, the size of it, and the way I lay it on the wall determines the look. Is it going to be old world? Is it going to be contemporary? So I typically, in contemporary, I'll stack the stone so that it's 
it's very even. It's not subway. Okay. Subway tile in a contemporary leans more towards transitional, I would say. And then we have our traditional, which would be maybe a travertine, a tumble stone, and they can lay it diagonally or any other hundreds of patterns. So I think the material that they pick, the way they lay it, determines the finished look. Are we going contemporary or do we have white cabinets? You know, that type of thing. But also at the end, you have to decide, do I have an exposed end? How am I going to finish that? Right? I have an exactly. exposed end. I'm laying well, the tile on the wall, my, and I'm right at the end of my countertop, which then goes into the dining room. They're going to be able to see the edge of my tile. How is my porcelain tile going to look if it doesn't have a finished end? And not all of them come with a finished end. A lot of them don't. No, they don't. So you're going to have to use another product, more like the Schluter line, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. which comes in numerous colors, too, so you can tie it in so that it'll blend in with the porcelain. So basically we're saying that you can't take a porcelain tile and either round it or polish it so that it looks like the face. That's an impossibility. Well, if you're good at what you do, though, you could actually miter that, too. You could, and I'm doing that on a job. Yeah. And that, um, I would say, if you miter porcelain, you have to make sure that your installer definitely knows what he's doing. That's a hard one because think about it. You, you've got a three-eighths tile, and you have to miter so that it's smooth and not chipped, and then it's not going to stick out away from the wall too much either. Right. So, um, and that's, whereas with a lot of the natural stone, and the majority of the sizes that are being used now are larger, not a 12 by 12 anymore, say an 18 by 18. So now you're dealing with half inch. So it makes it a little easier if you have to miter. Yeah, and, but you wouldn't have to miter um, natural stone. Well, some of them, yeah, because you don't have the edge detail for all of them. Right. Yeah. You know. There's a lot, I, you know, bottom line, there's a lot to think of when you're using any surface. But right now we're talking about tile. So if you're going to have a tile project, I would say definitely think about how you want it to look when it's finished and then work backwards. And in our showroom, we have numerous edge details and finishes that, you know, we can show the customer. Mm-hmm. Whether it be Schluter, whether it's mitered, whether you use a corner. Mm-hmm. Now we should probably describe what a Schluter is. Go ahead, Sam. Tell them. In my eyes, it's just a form of metal that, you know... It's a trim. Yeah, just go, that's on the edge of the wall or whatever. It's a funny name, but Schluter is the name of the company. But if you were to want not the raw edges of the porcelain showing, then you tell your tile guy, we need to get a Schluter or a finished metal piece, and they do come in all sorts of finishes and sizes, so that you can finish it neatly and have a complete look. Otherwise, it looks like, hey, somebody doesn't know what they're doing. They finished it wrong. Right? Right. So, the adva- oh, let's talk about the sizes. Right now, I know that we, we can get porcelain in huge pieces. Yeah, uh, we actually have slabs yeah. in porcelain. They're 48 by 96. That's but keep one in piece. mind, yes, the thickness is only 3 eighths in thickness. 
So if you put it on the floor, and I don't know how one person is going to do that. One person can't. It takes at least four. And if the floor isn't even, we know what happens. A big crack. Exactly. So, and if there's a lot of cuts, I mean, you've got it. You have to have a ballroom to put down 48 by uh, 90. Is it 96? Is that what you said? Yeah, by 96. You need a ballroom. But there are a lot of bathrooms that are utilizing. You know, they're putting them on the wall and on the... the, I can see. And on the floor. So you have less seams. I mean, it looks like, you know, one solid piece. Yeah, and I can see that. It would be less maintenance, clean, sleek, but putting it on there is not a do-it-yourselfer job, that's for sure. No. I don't think you and I could do it. <laughs> oh, I know. I I couldn't even do 18 by 18s. I'm not going to try it. Hey, i got too much stuff to do. You know, let, let the installers do what they've got to do. So... Um, so what else is there? Well, first of all, let's talk about, um, ceiling, you know, as in not the ceiling above our head, but sealing the tile so it doesn't stain. Do we have to do it with porcelain? No, not on porcelain. As a matter of fact, we even offer porcelain pavers for your exterior, for the hardscapes. And that's good. You don't have to do it. So you don't have to seal it. Yeah. The salt water doesn't affect it. The chlorine water doesn't affect it. So, I mean, you have three positives right there. Definitely porcelain came into the market and it solved a lot of problems. It has. The texture on the surface is amazing. I mean, you can use it whether it be residential or commercial. It's ideal for commercial projects. I like that a lot of porcelains do have a texture, so when you use it in the bathroom, it's a non-skid surface. Exactly. And a lot of the pavers are an R10, which is very, very high. Which is what? Slippery? Mm-hmm. No, it's not slippery. No, it, it's an R10. So it's... I don't know, you know R10. Oh, I'm sorry. But it's that. classified as, you know, a very high... Non-skid surface. Non-skid surface. Yes, exactly. So you can see that there's a lot to, to think about when you pick your surface, whether it's inside or outside how it's going to be used, the advantages of porcelain over real stone, what's the function of it, and what's the final look. We can't do this on a podcast, right? Right. But we can help you. Definitely help as many people as need be if you just email us. We'll uh, answer your questions. I wanted to talk about lighting. I know that lighting is very important, especially if you're doing your backsplash and you want to light it up. You can use LEDs under the countertops. But if you have any questions about lighting, I think going to Premier, um, their website is shoppremier.com, and they have a lot of beautiful fixtures. They represent over 80 different lighting manufacturers and 15 fan manufacturers. They go from contemporary to traditional, from indoors to outdoors. And every time I go in their showroom, I am, well, I do a lot of looking up because they always have new products going into their showroom. But also they will answer your questions, whether it's LEDs, how many lights do you need in this room? Is it task lighting? Is it general lighting? You know, there again, just like tile, just like everything, there's tons of questions that have to be answered. So give them a call, go to shoppremier.com, and they will be happy to answer any of your questions. Now, back to our tile questions. Tile versus natural stone. I think natural stone definitely has its place. I've done so many projects with natural stone, but what do you prefer? It's 
You know, I've sold natural stone for so many years that I am an avid believer in natural stone. But don't get me wrong, because for me to say that there are beautiful porcelains out there, which there are, I mean, that is really saying a lot. What about those porcelains that look like wood? I've seen them in your showroom. I have to touch them to see that they're really not wood. That's how beautiful they are. Texture, color, size, unbelievable. Quite a few. Mm -hmm. And we have end users and architects, designers, you name it, that come in. And they think that on probably about five or six of our uh, collections are actually reclaimed wood. Because it does does look look like like reclaimed. It's amazing. It's absolutely amazing. Do you think that fad, I don't want to say it's a fad, I think it's a look, a trend, but I think it's going to hang on for a long time because of the maintenance. Oh, very much so. I totally agree with you it's there. It's a good look. Every single, well, I don't want to say every single, maybe 90% of the pictures that I see in kitchens and remodels, they're all going with the wood look. But may I point something out in sure. reference to natural stone? Go ahead. Okay, if it's installed properly... Whether it be on your wall, on your countertop, on your floor. Personally, I recommend that you have it double sealed. Because it's, you know, you hear people saying, oh, you have to have natural stone products sealed every year. I mean, it's false. It really is. I mean, it's the stone itself is like a living, breathing thing. And it's only going to absorb so much of the impregnator, the penetrating sealer. But you can actually double seal it. And my house is a proven fact with when my daughter lived at home and all the kids, you know, would meet at the house, which is what I wanted. I didn't have to worry about my floors. I didn't have to worry about my travertine furniture, nothing, because it was double sealed. You don't have to do anything for anywhere from 8 to 10 years. Wow. Now, when you say double seal, is that just two coats of the seal? Yeah, they actually seal it. And you, how long do they have to you wait? You let it dry okay. completely because it has to cure, mm-hmm. and it, meaning it has to dry from the inside out. And then once it's dried, then they can do another application. They have to be very careful when they do that second application. You cannot just pour that on, say, your granite slab or on your floor. Because, again, living, breathing thing, only going to absorb so much, and then it's going to reach a haze. And now you're in big trouble because now you're going to try and put more on and try to Do wipe that off. Do they put it off. on with a cloth or a brush or a roller? What? Well, on the floors, some of the installers will use a roller. Um, some of them will actually use a cloth. Uh, when they do, say, like your countertops, a lot of times they'll use a sponge or a cloth, and, you, you know, they'll stroke it in the same manner, you know, like left to right or whatever. They don't really do it in circles or anything. You know, you want to be able to see it as it goes into all the little voids because there are still voids in granite, too, that really aren't visible to the naked eye, Mm -hmm. but there are voids in granite, and it'll absorb that sealer. If these people, if they're going to do it themselves and they seal it and they live in a humid climate, do they have to wait extra long? Does the humidity affect it? No. It shouldn't take that long to dry. Okay. I mean, because it has to, you know, cure from the inside out. With humidity, yeah, probably a little longer. Mm-hmm. And then they can, as soon as they feel it's dry enough, maybe 48 hours, then they can do it again? Mm-hmm. Oh, good. They I need didn't to know follow that. the instructions. 
Yeah. But I like the idea they don't have to do it for eight to ten years. You That's really don't. One. Even your floors. If your floors are, you know, sealed properly, there can be a drawback, too. Um, as a matter of fact, you know, at one of the terminals here in town, they wanted in all the shops slate. Everybody was behind the gun. And so the GC said, okay, install it, seal it. Well, if you go to that particular terminal or any of the terminals now, you'll find no slate there. What happened was, because everybody was under the gun, they installed it, mud set it, it's still wet, sealed it, locked in that moisture, and now it just flakes. All those millions of layers of shale. Just continuously flake so off. That's so they why had to remove they it all. They lock, yeah, they lock the they moisture in. They have to in wait 24 hours at least, at yeah, least. for it to cure, meaning dry from the inside yeah. out. Yeah. Don't mm-hmm. you wonder sometimes they had those, um, what are those houses they used to fix up and they, oh, I can't remember. It was a show that yes. they did in, in 24 for, hours or yeah, 48 hours. Yeah, they do the right. whole house yeah. and you think, well, how did they do that? Well, I did read that there were a lot of problems Afterwards, because they didn't actually take the time to install something properly to wait the amount of time that they should. So it's, I guess it works against them if you're in such a hurry that you can't follow the uh, proper directions. Mm-hmm. And then yes. you can do it again for the second time, right? And I always seem to think even with wood, it would affect that too. Because I, I mean, that has to cure. Yeah. And- yeah. Um, even... Well, for instance, cultured marble. Mm -hmm. And I did work in a factory that made cultured marble for a while. And there's curing time. And if you're in a hurry, it's not going to work. You know, hey, that goes along with cooking. If you can't wait for the pie to to bake, you know, you're going to end up with a crummy pie that's half raw. Or the pasta. You know, with the lid off so you can get rid of the bitterness. So now we're talking food. Oh, my God. Anyway, hey Sam, I got to get back to work. It was so okay. nice talking to Pleasure you. Pleasure seeing you. And I hope always. everybody learned from this. This is interesting to know when to use porcelain over the uh, natural stone, what the advantages and disadvantages are of each, and they should do their homework before they pick the product, right? Right. I want to thank everybody for listening, for joining us in this wonderful podcast. And come back and listen again. In the meantime, have a great day.